Night Owl on the Master of Balance With multiple talents I provide the landscape, baby You provide the challenge I've been broken down and out And look at the sound that I'm drowning out I'm around the town and I'm round about And it's better than the kick and the freaking Hello, hello, good evening To everyone out there here in Irvine You are listening to The Chat Room here every Friday at 5 p.m. only on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Good evening, everyone. I am your host, Lady Q, and uh, we usually have our co-hostess with us, Heather Nicole. Uh, Unfortunately, she is not in for the show today. However, uh, we definitely have some great Heather Nicole spirit in the radio station with us anyway, because I was definitely feeling that intro song that we love to have for everybody out there listening on the air. So, uh, yeah, just shout out to my favorite co-hostess, Heather Nicole, whatever it is that you're up to. Hope you're listening and tuning in. And, uh, yeah, can't wait to have you again hosting the show next Friday. So, um, Heather Nicole definitely has some great, great news that um, she may or may not share with all the listeners out there. Uh, Hopefully, she will share with us next week. So, if you're itching and scratching to hear what this amazing news is, uh, definitely tune in next Friday. All right. So, Uh, Again, just to um, announce, this is the chat room, and this show is for everyone out there. Uh, If you're single, if you're in a relationship, or if you're somewhere in between, somewhere in the gray area, in the unknown, this is definitely the show for you. And uh, it is the chat room, so uh, definitely feel free to call us in. for today's show in particular, during the half hour of the show, we will be taking more call-ins. And the number is 949-824-5824. Again, that's 949-824-5824. You're welcome to call in and definitely ask us any questions about being in the single life or about your relationship or, again, anything in between. Um, so, yeah. And uh, that's pretty much the good intro of the chat room. And we have a special guest today, a very, very lovely, lovely lady named Esther Adler. And uh, we will be interviewing her today, um, not only about her new book, um, Breaking the Chains to Freedom, which is coming out soon. It will be launched soon in three weeks. The hard copy. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, the paperback is uh, coming out in three weeks. The ebook is ready next week. All right, great. Okay, so um, yeah, so there it is. Um, this is Esther Adler. If you like to say hello to Irvine. Hey guys, how you doing, <laughs> Irvine? What's up? <laughs> that was perfect. I that was perfect. I completely support that intro. All right, so um, yeah, just to tell all of um, our friends a little bit more about Miss Esther Adler here. Um, so I met her at the Center for Living Peace, which is a peace education center over at the University Town Center here in Irvine, right across from campus. And um, she is the one and only amazing um, Esther Adler yoga instructor for the Smiling Monkey Yoga. So she definitely has some good times and brings good times to the center, uh, teaching kids about yoga and how to have fun and how to exercise and things like that. Um, Aside from her uh, activities over at the Center for Living Peace, uh, she also recently got cast in a comedy sketch, um, which will be hosted by Comedy Central. 
and that filming will start in two weeks. And the name of this comedy sketch is called Actually Committing. So congratulations, Esther. We are very much looking forward to that. Oh, so much. So fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, so the title, just, just to give us a brief intro about it, um, Actually Committing, what is the basis of this comedy i actually wasn't told that much information about it but i'm from what i know i think it's uh just about uh committing to different things in life you know and just kind of like um you know i think just different sketches of life situations and just kind of poking fun at it and you know i but that's basically all i know i haven't gotten the scripts yet so and it's going to be a lot of improv, too. So, whoo-hoo. <laughs> going a little out of my comfort zone right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Uh, looking forward to that, then. And um, so when you do hear news, definitely let us know. And we'd love to make an announcement on Absolutely. the air in the very near future. And aside from that, Esther is also a dancer and an actress. And she's currently in the middle of collaborating with a writer-slash-director for a one-woman show, which is still in the making. So uh, more news upcoming for that. But, um, yeah, just in regards to her book, uh, Breaking the Chains to Freedom is what our show is about today. Last week, if you did tune in, um, we were talking about loving yourself first. How it's very important to love yourself first in order for any relationship to work or even if you're just single in order for your life to have its own pathway and for you to definitely be in control of um, what goes on or what you can control at least in regards to finding happiness. Whether it's in a relationship or not, definitely loving yourself first is a very important step. And um, so uh, I thought it was very important that we bring Esther Adler in to talk to us more about her book today because it very much has some ties in regards to that topic. So um, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Esther, if you could just give us a breakdown of the book, and I understand that there are three parts to the book. Yeah, there are. Uh, it's funny, the, the whole uh, journey of the book. At first, I just started writing. I didn't even know what I was doing. And then as... Uh, you know, I started getting into the editing phase, I realized that, wait a second, there are, there are naturally different sections to the book. And so to make it more of an easier journey for the reader, I broke it down into three sections. And the first section is my journey in uh, childhood. Uh, I went through some pretty incredible traumas and challenges that I talk about in a very, very short time. And I uh, share with the reader that... Um, why I developed a very intense victim mentality, which ended up affecting every single part of my life. It affected my relationship. It affected my, you know, every move that I made. It ended up affecting my income. It affected uh, the relationship I had with my children. Um, It really affected everything. The second half of, or the second part, is my journey on how I, uh, what I call awoke. I woke up and I started to find my own strength. It really ties into loving yourself. I learned Mm -hmm. how to love myself because I grew up not loving myself. Mm -hmm. I felt very um, unappreciated. I I felt like a ghost, actually, for the most part. I felt like I wasn't there. I wasn't needed. And uh, and then I started to literally find my, my own value. 
And I began this awakening and started to slowly attract a completely different life. And so I talk about that shift. And then the third part is the actual tools I use, some of the philosophy, some of the psychology, and some of the teachers that helped me along the way, and what tools that they gave me as well. All right, wonderful. Um, thank you. That was a really amazing breakdown. So uh, for any listeners... Uh, out there, as you can hear, uh, we definitely have a woman who has come to tell us more about her journey and about her book here um, on KUCI. And um, just to get us uh, started a little bit, uh, where are you from originally, Esther? I'm actually originally from Montreal, Canada. I grew Ooh. up there. I know. <laughs> Je suis Canadien <laughs> for those French-speaking uh, folks out there. Um, yeah, I'm originally from Montreal, Canada. Um, I always thought of myself as an American, and it's funny because when I was around 18, I claimed my American citizenship. I was, I had it easier than most people. I, uh, my father was American, so I just had to strategically claim my American citizenship through him, and then, uh, so now I'm dual. I lived in, uh, New York City, outside of New York City and New Jersey, so that what we call the tri-state area there, for 17 years until about a year and a half ago I moved out here to California. Okay, cool. So originally from Canada and uh, hope that what the difference, the transition from gum, coming from Canada and coming to the U.S., was there any actual oh, wow. difference for you? Well, my whole life has been about transitions hmm. and... Uh, you know, learning to not just cope but thrive because of that. And um, the the move from Montreal to New York wasn't a huge um, shift. I mean, it was because Montreal is a city, but it's a, it's a pretty quiet city compared to New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't feel it as much. I was really young, so I... Um, I was just itching to be in New York City, and so it wasn't a, uh, you know, a very tough transition. The shift from New York, New Jersey to here, that was pretty huge. That was a pretty significant shift. Um, And in every shift, there are uh, immediate, you know, uh, positives that we can see and sometimes immediate negatives, and it's just a matter of what we choose to focus on. Okay, so, Um, uh, well, just speaking of positive and negative shifts, um... What were some of the positive shifts that you've highlighted um, in your book and considered big um, milestones to your life? Wow. Okay. Well, I guess uh, that really, what I've done was, I guess I'll track back a little bit. Yeah, just one example is, we'll start off with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I talk again about a lot of pretty significant challenges that I went through. And what I did was... Um, at first, I didn't do this, but I later on figure out a way to n- not see it as a challenge, but see it as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, when I was three years old, I had my first episode of a severe abuse attack by my father. My father was a borderline paranoid schizophrenic. And it's funny because I only uh, learned that particular, like what his diagnosis was in my research mm-hmm. uh, with a book so that I can, you know, uh, be very clear in what I'm saying and my message. So I literally had to do research on my father and on his behavior and some of the other aspects to my book, even though I was kind of telling my own story. Um, so he was borderline paranoid schizophrenic. And the way I, I like to... Um, 
help people visualize specifically what kind of person he was is if you take the man from a beautiful mind i don't have you seen that movie oh yes i'm um, with russell crowe yeah oh yes i've seen that movie. you've seen that movie <laughs> so i'm a fan <laughs> i know it's a pretty powerful movie yes, right very good very good movie and there's another movie not um so well known um it actually was originally a play so that's my theater background called proof hmm. which also talks about uh, a severely men mentally handicapped um, person uh, who is a genius as well. If you kind of take those two men together and put them together, that would be my father. My father was a genius who snapped. Mm. Um, and uh, he literally was asked uh, by every top college and university to come, you know, completely on scholarship and everything. Everybody wanted him. He had private letters oh. from the president and so wow. on and so forth. Um, he was, um, you know, kind of listed to be the next Einstein. He was a chemist, and he was a genius, and he just snapped. And he, um, <laughs> I'm like touching things in this uh, <laughs> radio station, and it's so funny. Um, so, uh, yeah, he actually, his first abusive episode was when he was in college. He almost killed somebody. And, uh, you know, people kind of thought about it, but not too much. He ended up marrying my mother, which is a whole other story that I go into why my mother married him. Um, she was physically sick. She ended up actually almost dying from a severe stroke. She mm -hmm. had an aneurysm that burst in her brain, and uh, she wasn't supposed to live from that, but she did. My mother was uh, an incredible... Um, inspiration in my life and it's funny because I actually uh, started the whole writing project thinking that I'm going to write about her oh, and okay. I ended up uh, writing about us and then continued to write about a little bit more about my journey so it's pretty interesting how the whole you know thing evolved but when I was three I had a nightmare and um, started crying my father came out came into my room and started to hit me severely dragged me into the living room, which was on the other end of the house. We kind of had, not a very big house, but it was very long. So for a three-year-old, that was a huge trauma that I went through. And he continued to hit me and forbid me to go back to my room. And interestingly enough, that, that um, memory was the first memory I have ever of life. And I talk mm -hmm. about this and what, what that actually means. And I realized that... Um, that was my first, you know, subconscious um, thought and, you know, idea that I ended up creating in my mind, which said that I'm not worth anything and that people will abandon me because I felt abandoned. And that literally started to sp have a spiral effect and started to create in creating more stories that supported that idea. And when I ended up learning and how did I uh, turn the whole thing into a positive was, you know, uh, the abuse got worse and worse as time went on. Um, in fact, my father almost tried to kill me three different times oh my in my life. And, you know, for many, many years, I actually was uh, really angry at him. Mm -hmm. I used to think of it like I, I have an intense imagination so I used to like just sit there when he wasn't home and think of you know oh maybe he got killed today maybe he was in a car accident. Oh wow. You know I just didn't want him to come home and I was also angry at him for yeah. him constantly hurting me. And such and, a young age too. And it was at a very very young age and 
you know, my shift happened with this particular um, challenge that I was living with was when I started to see him as an angel, as someone that taught me to uh, learn how to forgive. Hmm. I literally uh, looked at him. I started to look at him and I started to say thank you. Thanks for teaching me to let go and to learn how to forgive. And once I did that, all of a sudden loving relationships started coming into my life. It was like ridiculous. I actually, uh, and I put this in my book, I have an incredible exercise that um, I did and that I, you know, whenever I have somebody who needs to forgive someone when they do this, a shift happens almost immediately. And what the exercise is, it's so simple. I started to write a letter to my father. And I'd fr the first part of the letter, I just wrote everything I was really angry about, mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't leave anything out. And then the second part of the letter, I wrote things that, you know, why I'm grateful for going through that. And I, you know, and at first it took me a little bit of time. Like, how could I be grateful for right. him hurting me? Right. And it took a while, and I was like, wait a second, maybe I wouldn't have studied this. Maybe I wouldn't, you know, have even gone to New York, because I wanted to go to New York to escape, but I ended up going to New York, and it ended up being the best thing in my life. I started a whole new way of thinking, a whole new life. Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't have, you know, even thought of it if, you know, things were kind of okay, status quo. And, and so I started this whole mindset, and I did this with every single challenge that I went through, is how can I find the blessings? What are the blessings in them? And some of those challenges were at first really, really hard. Mm -hmm. But when I did that, I mean, I literally felt like this heavy rock. It was so, it was a physical sensation that a heavy rock was lifted off of my back when I wrote that letter and just let go. And really, if I can give one message that can help everybody is if you learn to let go of anything that's going on in your life, your life is going to fly. It's really, really amazing. And forgiveness has nothing to do with forgiving the other person to kind of let go of the other person. Like what my father did, people will say is unforgivable. Hmm. You know, what I say is he's a very sick man that needs a lot of help. And of course it's forgivable. But more than that is he's taught me something valuable to let go. And if you can see every single challenge in your life like that, you'll never be angry at anybody because there'll be nobody for you to forgive because nobody could ever do anything wrong to you because everybody that comes to you is an angel. And so that was something that I had to learn and it was really, really hard at first. And But it's changed my life. Hmm. So when you say that everybody that comes to you is in the form of form of an angel, meaning like uh, you learn something from that person in some way, even if it is like a negative relationship going on or a negative situation that is um, attributed with this person. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, you know, angels can come in many different forms, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes what we perceive as a horrible experience is really can turn out to be the best experience. Like, you know, my story continues on is where I got married off at a very, very young age. When, I don't know if you know what married off means, but I perceived it as not being a choice of mine. I came, I grew up in an ultra-religious Orthodox Jewish family, 
And I was also in an ultra-Orthodox Jewish community, which mm. supported that and kind of emphasized that. And I wasn't really allowed to do a lot of things. And when it came to marriage, it was just, you know, done. Like, you're going to get married at this age, and you're going to have a baby right away, and mm -hmm. this is going to be your life. And it wasn't something that a lot of people in that situation thought there were any choices of, of the matter. And in terms of my situation, religion was used as another form of abuse in my life. My father um, used the religion in an emotionally abusive way. You know, so, you know, a lot of people uh, can use the religion in, in a wonderful way to inspire other people to, you know, do good things. And it can be a very supportive community. It can be a wonderful community. But because of the, and I really had to learn this, and it was very, very hard for me to, you know, um, be honest with myself about it. But it was my mental state that caused, that really helped the... Um, you know, all of these stories happen in terms of the religion being used in an abusive way. And mm -hmm. so I had teachers that were emotionally abusive to me. I had other family members that were emotionally abusive to me. And they really started to use the religion in a very, very negative way. Mm -hmm. And so when it came to marriage, I didn't have a choice. So what was it like being married off at such a young age? And um, um, if you can also elaborate on that, um, I, I assume this was an arranged it marriage was an arranged out of your control. So yeah. uh, what about women who do end up getting, getting married at a very young age, unknowing of the types of challenges that would come forth ahead? Um, do you think there is correlation between the two? Like, how is it different for you? There, there, are, there will be similarities and differences. Like, for example, um, I got married at 18. Hmm. Um, I met him uh, when I was 18 years old, three months later, we were married, and I got pregnant wow, probably a month later. Yeah, we met only a few times. And what makes it slightly different than the, you know, average girl that even the average girl that chooses to get married really, really young or the parents arrange it, which still happens in many, many places, even in modern, you know, families. Oh, yeah, there definitely. Are, there are still arranged marriages. Um, the difference is that most of those girls will have some sort of relationship with boys, you know, prior to that. Even if it's, um, you know, uh, what do you call it again, you know, it might not be a, a real intent, intense or, um, I'm trying to think of the word, I'm totally blanking out <laughs> Um, but, you know, intimate. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, here I am, an author, and I couldn't think of the word. Um, it might not be a very intimate, you know, relationship, or it might be. Mm -hmm. um, but most, most people, you know, are at least uh, more aware of the opposite sex. You know what I mean? I went to a school where it was only girls. We weren't allowed to look at boys. We weren't allowed to talk to boys. The boys literally had to... Uh, put their heads down when they uh, had to pass a girl, you know, and so there was really no connection to the opposite sex, so it was a completely foreign territory where I met this man, never even spoke to one, and I mean, besides um, family. Family relatives. Right. Family friends, right. Exactly, and, and then I had to, you know, I, was, I ended up in a very intimate setting, and uh -huh. so that was very, very foreign to me, and that definitely affected you know, my 
my sexual experience, the way I perceived myself as a woman, um, it was very, very, very scary. And it took me a really long time to develop my own femininity and my sensuality. And that had a lot to do with abuse. It also had a lot to do with growing up in the setting that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but the similarities are that when you're really, really young and you get married, you're thrown into, you know, some responsibilities that you may or may not be ready for. And it's just a matter of understanding what those are and making a choice from a place of freedom as opposed to a place of fear. And I was definitely in a place of fear. It wasn't so hard to be coerced to marrying my husband because I needed to escape my father. Mm-hmm. And so even though it was, pre- it was presented to me in a place where I had no choice, I welcomed it because anything was better than living with my father. Right, right. But your husband was um, still very abusive. My husband well, was emotionally abusive, yeah, yeah. And I was with him for 14 years. I tried to leave him five different times. And each person that I approached for help... Uh, pushed me back into the marriage saying that I'm wow. not going to be able to cope and what am I doing? And to cope meaning without him, without being married? Um, to cope meaning uh, how am I going to support myself? Yeah. I have children and literally used a lot of fear tactics to keep me where I was. Mm-hmm. And I later learned it was my own fears being presented in the form of different people. Mm-hmm. And they were, you know, they were angels as well because they were there to get me to really, um, you know, stand up to to my own power, to live up to my own power and to say, yes, I, I am strong enough to, you know, not live in this environment. I am strong enough to create any life that I choose. But it took me 14 years. I was very, very scared. Right. You and know? in regards to just, um, sorry, just to... Uh, elaborate more on the um, emotional abuse that can occur in relationships if you could just uh, perhaps give any advice to any women out there who are um, in relationships such as that or feel that they're being victims um, what would your advice be for those women on how to um, how to rid themselves of that kind of fear yeah what is was there a first step was there a second step or how how did it go for you yeah it was pretty amazing you know one of the clues see what happens is when you're in an abusive environment a lot of times there are two things that happens first you think that you're the cause of the abuse so that's number one uh and obviously, you feel that way because um, it, of what's being told to you. Hmm. You know, they use blame. They use uh, a lot of control, a lot of judgment. And, uh, you know, my, my former husband used to preach to me, literally, like I was in a principal's office for two hours telling me what a rotten, horrible person I was and gave me a list of reasons and, you know, kind of proofs of that. And I was really horrible at defending those stuff. I did not know how to defend myself, mm-hmm. you know, and I started to believe him, and I was, I was like, you know, you know, is that true? Um, and then another thing that happens is you literally use the abil- you lose the ability to think on your own. Like if someone were to come up to me and say, hey, you know, you should jump over the Brooklyn Bridge and gave me a whole bunch of reasons why that would be a good idea, I probably would have done it back then. Wow. Because I literally couldn't think. Mm -hmm. Um, And so 
but one of the clues was that whenever I wasn't with him, I was happy. And as soon as I was with him, and, and I, I don't mean intimately, I mean literally physically, in the same house as him, my whole energy dropped. So just being in his energy made my energy drop, and being away from his energy made my energy literally soar. And so what, would you call that a sign? Oh, sorry. I yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was a, a total sign. And um, I, I kept kind of pushing that away because I was so scared. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how right. to leave him. You know, I was really, really scared. Um, so, so this, this sign, um, does this happen? Um, because we were talking a little bit about, um, in our previous shows, we were talking about whether you should stay in a relationship or not stay in a relationship, even if the factors aren't necessarily bad, but you're still, like, not generally happy the way you want to be happy. Is that, is that the same along the same lines absolutely like it was pretty amazing i'm 18 years old about to get married i'm in this like little room getting ready my family uh they're very very wealthy and so they made this elaborate wedding for me so of course in my mind i'm like i don't know if i want to do this i all i knew that i wouldn't be happy in the relationship but i was so scared to say anything about it because i didn't want to disappoint my family but I knew it. I knew that I was doing what I thought was the biggest mistake in my life. And I talk about it because it ended up, of course, not being the biggest mistake. He ended up being a huge angel for me. Right. So there's really no mistake that anyone can ever do. So if you're in, you know, wondering if you're in a bad relationship and you're not and wondering if that was a mistake, know that it's not a mistake. There's never a mistake that you ever, ever do. But, yeah, that feeling, I knew that I wouldn't be happy with him. And, you know, and, and I was right. And it's funny because we always have signs. It's like women's intuition or intuition in it's general. It's intuition. Yeah. Men and women have yeah. it. I, you know, they say that women have it stronger and it's hard for me to, you know, say yes or no to that. <laughs> I think yes. I say yes. Absolutely. I say yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you know, we're blessed with this intuition. We right. know what's right and wrong for us. So, you know, one of the, one of the uh, blessings that came from all of my challenges is that I, I learned to trust my intuition better. You know, I actually play with my little yoga kids. I, start, I started at, I think, five years old, I'll already start playing this game with them. And we called it an intuition game, mm-hmm. where I try to share with these kids that they have the ability to know what everything that, that happens in their life, if it's a yes or a no. It's kind of like that thing when you're taking a test and it's like a multiplication and you right away, you, you know, you circle A and you do your test and then you go back to that answer and you're like, eh, maybe it's D. And then you cross it out and you, you know, you, you put D as your right. answer and then you get it back and guess what? A was it's, the answer. Yeah, yeah, was you know? the answer. And mm-hmm. so we were always like second guessing our intuition and it's so true with relationships. You I know? totally get that. Yeah. I mean, I just took a test this morning. <laughs> of college students so yeah exactly yeah, no, so how did it go hopefully you trusted your intuition with all those answers you know uh, yeah pretty much it's just time was kind of a factor yeah in that one uh time and time in general is such a big factor and it definitely affects relationships absolutely it's always something that people try to consider or i know that i do it too it's always something i try to think about like how much time do i have how much time till this how much time to that um has this been too much time 
to be in the situation. And Right. And when you start act- asking yourself all of these questions, you know, what I would do is right away go, go back to the present moment because then you're in your mind and you're starting to judge. You're judging yourself. You're judging, um, you know, your boyfriend. You're judging, you know, your relationship. You're judging your... You're judging everything in your life. Right. And as soon as you go into that, you're never going to come up with the right answer. Mm. But if you can really stay present, and literally, like right now, you and I are, are talking, and that's the only thing that's real. You know, and the other thing that's real is that there are people listening. Mm-hmm. That's the only reality right now. You know, the reality that I had a Starbucks yesterday, you know, that's not a reality. It's gone. And that was really a huge factor that really helped me make the shift and helped me make better decisions in life. You so, know? Um, well, just thinking about that, separating um, what is reality compared to what isn't, focusing more on the present in order to keep yourself guided and keep yourself grounded. Uh, what about things like... Uh, you know, like hopes and dreams, or if you're having that feeling of intuition that it's just not going well, and maybe you have an ideal version of your life that you hope is somewhere ahead, how how can we separate thinking about each? Does that make sense? Oh my God, that is such a wonderful question, because <laughs> you're talking to a girl when she was three years old, being severely abused by, you know, her father, and then very shortly later, um, just a few years later, I became the caregiver to my mother at a very, very young age, mm. and I had dreams, and I was, you know, in a very religious uh, family, right? I had dreams of being an actor and a dancer. Oh, wow, and now... And now I am... Now, here's where it gets even funnier, because, mm-hmm. you know, I had a very specific idea of what that dream looks like, and suffering really happens when we have rules and ideas, and this is so true with relationships, it's so insanely true. And when I learned that, it really, really helped me. But, you know, we have rules and ideas, and if that specific picture isn't happening at any time in your life, so for example, if you're in a relationship and your boyfriend or husband or whatever is making a huge mess and you have the idea that a perfectly clean house is the only way to live, mm-hmm. you're going to be furious at him all the time. <laughs> and it's funny because that is an issue that happens with me in my own relationship. Totally happens. You know? to me. Sometimes like every day and I'm I, thinking what what happened? Like it was going so great and then all of a sudden snap, you know, and something completely just random absolutely. makes me feel angry and I don't understand and why. And that's that is. only because you have ideas in your head of of mm. specifically the way things should be. Right. And when they don't line up, you're going to be angry. But the other person never agreed to those ideas. Right. It's only you that did. And so when it comes to dreams and hopes and everything, I was like, I'm going to be, you know, working opposite Robert De Niro and Meryl Streep and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, <laughs> I'm going to be the star ballet dancer, blah, 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 <laughs> whatever, you know. <laughs> and so when I never made it onto Broadway yet, although tune into my one-woman show, it's getting there uh we're premiering it in la in the spring so it's really cool um and that's really what's so awesome about it you know when i totally let go of this idea in my head and just said i want to act i want to dance and i need to share with people as many people as i can my message of hope Mm -hmm. and i let go of everything else i let go of the how and what that picture has to look like and what's so weird is all of a sudden things started to happen And it's just insane. And I never let go of that dream. See, if you have a dream, you're you're meant to do that dream. 
and everybody has a genius in them and everybody has something that is meant to shine in them and we get stuck with ourselves not because our dream isn't going to come true but how our dream isn't going to how our dream is supposed to happen mm -hmm. if we can let go of that i mean our world we really can, can create anything it's just amazing wow you know i'm like gonna cry <laughs> I know. Here, here's a tissue. <laughs> okay, so if you're tuning into this, uh, this is a chat room here with uh, your host, a uh, co-host, uh, Lady Q, and we are with our guest Esther Adler, who is giving us relationship advice. Now it's just a big mixture of everything. It's a mixture. Telling right. us her journey. It's potluck. Yeah. Oh, I love potlucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wherever there's food, exactly. I'm there. There's yeah. a Yiddish word. It's a, it's one of it was one of these dishes I made when I was uh, in the uh, religious uh, environment called chalent. It's such a funny Cholent? word. Chalent. Ch with that ch chalent. And well, I'll have to work on that for a couple of days. <laughs> and what that is is it's a it's kind of like chili, uh -huh. but it has a lot more stuff in it. And so it's kind of like a mixture of everything. Like and chili and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like chili. It has that ch in it, you know? <laughs> awesome. Maybe we can have like a little lunch date Oh, sometime. that would be fun. I haven't made chalent in a really long time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this will be good practice. I'll eat, yeah. I'll eat whatever. It's Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So let's just get back on track here a little bit. So um, earlier we were talking a little bit about having that ideal version of what things should be like in your head at that present moment and then all of a sudden makes it much harder and harder to be able to adjust and accept whatever's happening in our own realities. And that definitely does affect relationships on a day-to-day -day basis because, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you'd agree, but with, with relationships, you're definitely very in tune with the person that you're in a relationship with. And it's hard trying to figure out, should you be more in tune with yourself or more in tune with this other person? And uh, on this topic of loving yourself first... Um, you definitely gave us some ideas and some um, advice on how to do that. And uh, I just uh, uh, thank you again for, oh, for no being problem. here. It's, it's been, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot of really great advice. And um, I guess in terms of the relationship that you had, um, what are some other ways that you were beginning to practice how to break away and how to be more to yourself? This was huge because uh, in the beginning of our marriage, we were both still somewhat religious, but we were l both letting go. Mm -hmm. And then as the marriage went on, we both left the religion. And that, as, as that went on, I started to realize that I don't have to live based on other people's ideas of how I should live. And I think this is so huge for college students because think about it. Your parents have an idea of exactly what you need to do in life. And if you don't live yep. up to that idea, they're going to be angry at you. Oh, yeah. That totally happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> my, my major switch. Absolutely. And you know what? It Worst happens in relationships ever. all the time. Mm -hmm. You know? And it really goes down to the picture that's in the other person's mind. And when are we going to start living our life based on what our picture should be. Now, that doesn't mean you should have a picture in your head and set it up exactly that right, way. Right. But what I'm talking about ideas of what is right for you. Mm 
-hmm. what is right for you in your life, what is right for you in your career, what is right for you in, in your relationship. And as soon as we stop living free of the opinion of other people and stopping in so much fear of what someone else is going to say about us, that's really when shift happens. That's when your life completely changes. And um, it was amazing. It was, you know, <laughs> when the first uh, Saturday that I, I completely left the religion, see, on Saturday, Friday night until Saturday sundown, you're not allowed to drive a car, you're not allowed to open a light, you're not allowed to, you know, eat hot food or make food hot there's a lot for of your religion very, for the religion yeah. right yeah what is the religion Did jewish you, yeah jewish I do, so <laughs> I if you look at a stranger among us it's a pretty accurate description of how i grew up the the jews in that movie mm -hmm. um there's a lot of movies actually lately that are pretty accurately describing the a jewish very, life living yeah jewish and culture. it's, it's kind of cool anyway um so when i let go of it I remember I'm driving in my car and I'm so scared because I literally thought a lightning bolt was going to come and kill me because I, in my mind, I thought I was doing the worst possible thing. Well, but once it? I let go of that, I was yeah. like, wait a second, I actually believe in a God that, you know, doesn't, you know, discriminate like that and doesn't, you know, have, you know, specific pictures on how people should live, you know. And once I realized that and let go of that, my whole world literally began to change. And I, I learned to take that idea and bring it into other aspects of my life, of my career, my dreams to be a performer. You know, I never thought I'd be a writer. Oh, my God, and here I am. I'm publishing a book. <laughs> and you on know. a radio show. And I'm on radio it, shows. I'm doing this one-woman show. Really? Like... <laughs> It's wild. I, I, I got cast for Comedy Central, and the funny thing is I'm a dramatic actor. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not like a comedian, but it turns out I am, you know, <laughs> because I've just let go of the idea of how it's going to happen. Right. I've completely let go. And so it's, it's just, brought something new, something interesting to the table Absolutely, and I'm not scared of rocking the status quo anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I voiced my opinion out. I was so scared to voice my opinion. I literally did not think that my opinion opinion counted so like if we were having a conversation there were like four other girls here you know how we are we just kind of oh no 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 but it's really like this no 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 it's really <laughs> what i would have done back then 10 years ago i would have agreed with you then i would have listened to the next girl and then agreed with them even if she contradicted you right because i couldn't think on my own remember i said abused women they can't really think of on their own and that's really because it's like this control is um you know, just pushed. It's like that uh, that typical scenario of someone who is kidnapped and ends up protecting the kidnapper. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a form of, obviously, a, an extreme form of abuse. And they are taught to um, that they can't live without the person that's abusing them, and they also end up protecting them. And that's right. what typical abused people do, absolutely, all the time. But once I let go of that, it, it, it was, like, very quick, where I just... Pfft, started to fly mm -hmm. it was really amazing oh <laughs> sorry yeah, i feel uh, like i feel like um being in an abusive relationship especially if it's the first one you know the big relationship that kind of starts off all of the rest definitely can affect girls at any age um i know i definitely felt that way um in my own life and i know that there are a lot of other friends that i had who also had that too and it's just so it's so nice, and it's such a gift to hear stories such as this, stories from, I don't know, uh, 
women who have had their journey just for a little bit of a longer time to kind of see yeah like something else and definitely that, different and that's the thing you know it's never too late to you know to live your life you know i had to stop playing catch-up right. for a while you know i didn't necessarily have the typical childhood i didn't have the typical young adult life and i had to learn to really let go of that and say that was something i chose mm-hmm. and everything is perfect everything every everything is where it needs to be and um it took me 14 years and that's perfect because I wouldn't be where I am today, right now, doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. If it would have taken a year. You know, now, if you can get out in a year, that's amazing. That's awesome. And then you do that. There's no reason to stay in a dysfunctional relationship where you don't feel good um, for longer than you have to, which is immediately. Right. If you can leave, then leave. And leave right away, you know. And... And that really comes to self-esteem and loving yourself. It always goes back to that. Yeah, definitely. And and just from all of the things that you've been saying right now, I can tell there's definitely been a huge confidence that you have in regards to living your life the way you want, not having that agenda, but still having that dream there, and then all of a sudden living it as you are in the present moment. And um, that just comes to mind because Heather, uh, I, I, I wish that she... She was here. You would have loved her, but um, yeah, she come back. She's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> she uh, she was definitely talking to us about confidence and how confidence is definitely really important factor in in loving yourself. So, just in regards to how exactly we can do this, um, how about for relationships that are going on right now that you just tend to have conflicts like here and there, but still want to make it work and still want to like definitely that's part of the women's role also it's um give and take you know what you Mm -hmm. can try to do so what's your advice what's the biggest advice since we're kind of running out of time but the best advice you can give to um any person actually in their relationship on how they could improve the quality of their relationship a little this was amazing when i learned this and when i heard this it it changed my life and it's something that you know i still have to learn at times because it's a hard thing to really live um and that is you don't always have to be right would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? And just always a- ask yourself that. What's more important right now, to be happy or to be right? And what continues a conflict is the need to be right. And if you can let go of being right and allow him to be right, you will automatically be happy. All right, cool. You so know? now we have the golden rule. Any ladies and gents <laughs> listening out there, you're not right. <laughs> You're not right. I'm sorry. So take a step back and see if you're happy. And <laughs> hey, I am. I have to admit, this is something that I still have to learn. Right. Um, yeah. You know, and and but when I do learn it, it's completely life changing. So when I can practice what I preach, and that's the thing, we're always practicing what we need to oh, learn. Oh yeah, it's definitely always. practice. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But when I do, it's it's amazing. It's awesome. You know. Um. So. It, it's funny because. It's true with every relationship in your life. It's not just intimate. Think yeah, about your boss. Think about your mm-hmm. parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many of us have issues with our parents. If you can just let them be right and still do what you want to do and need to do and just allow them to say what it is they want to say, you don't have to correct them. You don't have to yell at them. Understand that whatever they're saying, it's coming from their their picture and their mind, their story, their ideas, their past. 
So if you can just let them be right, let them say what they need to say. And another huge thing, which is so life-changing in relationships, is most of us get angry when we don't feel heard. Right. If you can really listen. So communication is definitely a great factor in listening. Yeah, but really listen. Mm-hmm. And don't answer back. Just listen. You know, and I think men tend to need this more than women. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> Sorry, so biased in this radio station. It's a no, chat room. We could talk whatever exactly, you want. Exactly. Yeah. No, but the truth is, I think us women, you know, sometimes, like, we just feel like putting in our own two senses Oh, well. yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah. Guilty so, is charged. Absolutely. Yeah, so I actually want to give a gift for to everybody because I... Um, oh, yeah, we love gifts. Yeah. <laughs> you see, I didn't Gift actually... Time. Um, make my uh, my my page where you can buy my book live yet. I um, I'm only going to be doing this next week because the reason I didn't make it live for my ebook is I am creating this amazing gift. It's called the Seven Keys to Happiness, and it's this video. Literally, if you watch it, you'll already be happy. It's oh, kind of wow. funny. But it's like we all have days where things are just tough. You know, mm-hmm. we're stressed, we're angry, we're, or we're really depressed. I mean, we all have days like that. And um, this video is to help you ride up the, the emotional scale. And it's literally seven things that you can do. If you do one of those seven things, you'll already feel happier. If you do more than that, then that's it. You'll be in ecstasy. It's really, really amazing. And it's stuff that I personally have done that when I did it, in the worst of times, I mean where I couldn't get out of bed, oh and gosh, I couldn't I breathe, and yeah. I literally wanted to kill myself, I did those things, and, and I, I automatically felt better. So wow. it's an amazing little product that I'm creating, and I'm literally giving it away. So this is what I'm going to do for you, is um, I'm going to send you to my landing page, download the ebook. I'm literally giving it to you for... You know, it's less than a Starbucks. It's less than a coffee. It's like a package of gum. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, you know, they go and listen on radio stations and they hear an author, they hear a comedian, they hear whatever. And they love what that person has to say, but then they never think to actually go and get the book or go and listen to the talk or go and, and, and see that show or whatever. They're like, okay, that's nice. And then they go back to their life and they wonder why their life is still the, the way it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I'm encouraging people to do is actually take action. And if they want to see even a minor shift, but see the book is going to be... Um, the book is going to be a major shift, is just go to the website and download it, and it'll change your life. Wow, that sounds amazing. So what, what's the website? The website the is breakingthechainstofreedom.com forward slash book. All right. And it's not live yet, so we're, I'm not even done with a video and, and some of the, the writing on it, but I really want to send you guys there and just download the book and email me. Let me know uh, what you think of it, and I'll, I'll send you the gift in about a week or two when the gift is ready. So. All right. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, um, I like it. Seven. Uh, what's the title again? Seven. The Seven Keys to Happiness. Seven Keys to Happiness. Yeah, yeah. seven's a great number. Isn't it? I know. It's a great number. I it's wonderful, number but... It, it's a powerful number, too. Is there any other, um, maybe contact information if that you you feel um, that you feel like you're okay to share with everyone? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They can uh, email me at Esther Adler. That's E-S like Sam, T like Tom, H-E-R, Adler, A-D like doctor, L-E-R, 
at estheradler.com. That's my email. It's my personal email. I'll answer, you know, the email. It might take me a little bit of time, but I'll answer the email. So just to clarify, so Esther Adler at, at estheradler.com. Yes. All right, perfect. They can email me. Please let me know what you think of the book. And if you're going through anything, just just read the book and... Um, I promise you it's going to make you feel better and it'll give you hope. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, you're uh, welcome. It is 5.53, so uh, we are going to have to uh, close the show a little bit soon, but just a great big thank you to Esther. Yay! Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> this was so much fun. <laughs> so, um, again, her book is coming out, Breaking the Chains to Freedom. Oh, you yeah, you'll, you'll be able to buy it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It'll be in bookstores. Give me about three weeks to finish with all the good stuff, and uh, and then you can just go straight, straight away and get it. All right, great. So, yeah, everyone, mark your calendars. We are very excited for that book. Again, if you uh, definitely like what you heard, uh, words directly from directly from Esther Adler herself uh, you could definitely check out the book again it's breaking the chains to freedom.com forward slash book forward slash book all right great yeah. all right so thanks again oh, Esther thank welcome. you very much and um, for all of those listening out there again you could email Esther if you have any questions at Esther Adler at little at sign estheradler.com and uh, she will definitely uh, do her best to try to email you back regarding your question or comment or anything. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Esther. Oh, you're welcome. Good weekend. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. So, um, yeah, so that was the chat room uh, airing to you every Friday evening from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. And definitely come and check us out again on your radio next Friday at 5 p.m. And next week we will be uh, reconvening with our uh, co-host Heather Nicole along with me, your host Lady Q. And um, let's. how about we, we end off with a little bit of uh, just some nice inspirational quote from Esther. If oh, you will. inspirational quote. Yes. When uh, you are in the lowest pit, you... Uh, I'm totally messing up this quote. <laughs> it's a long quote, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, <laughs> um, in your darkest times, on the other side is always a light of a rainbow. Oh, it's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, <laughs> we so special. We so special in KUCI right now. All right. Thank you again, Esther. All right, everyone. So that's all we have for today. Check out the chat room again later next week, Friday, 5 p.m. here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Okay. Peace, everyone. Did you know 37% of youth in foster care will drop out of high school and 25% will become homeless at age 18? Now 